Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Um, Oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about. Uh, This probably is going to end up being a little longer than usual because there is so much and I do want to try to give you as much as I can um, in this one sitting. But so let's just hop right to it. Before I get started into the politics of what's happening here in Jefferson City, I just want to take a minute to uh, remind you and honestly remind myself why it is we're here, who's truly in control, and who we can put our trust and our faith in, regardless of all of these things that we see happening around us. Um, I have a private membership, and part of that private membership is a prayer team. And we communicate daily, sometimes multiple times a day, depending on what's going on. So we've got intercessors and prayer warriors all over the state who are praying as things are happening. Um, And it's been a huge blessing to me. I believe it's making a difference and uh, moving heaven on our behalf. And inside this prayer team, these verses uh, were posted in the last little bit, um, I think early this morning. And I just want to read a couple of them to you. Proverbs 4, 20 through, um, well, it's 420. (laughs) My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them, and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Do not get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And, um, oh my gosh, if we could just um, all take that in personally for ourselves, remind ourselves to stay focused, keep our eyes on what's ahead, keep our eyes um, on the prize, so to speak, and stay focused. So I want to encourage you with that today. I'm reminding myself of that very thing. Um, And then there's this one, Psalm uh, 20, verses 1 through 3. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. And then there's this one, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm 
against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And um, so how true that is. So I think that it's important for us to remember these things as we see this political circus unfolding before us in Missouri, <clears throat> that we remember um, to stay focused in the Lord, to keep our eyes on what's ahead, to know that God is our source of strength and our help, and that we need to stay armored up and remember that the battles we're fighting, they truly aren't the people, the names, the faces. Um, it's the powers of darkness that are moving behind them. <clears throat> so with that in mind, I do also believe that it is critical at this point in time for Missouri, for our nation, for you to know the truth. <clears throat> And um, I realize that, you know, everybody has their own version of the truth. And, um, you know, we don't always agree. And that's okay. But I do want to tell you my perspective of what's going on here in Jefferson City, what's happening in the Capitol. And um, hopefully shed some light on some of this chaos that we see. So, uh, gosh, my voice has gotten all croaky here uh, just in the last minute. Hang on just a second. <clears throat> so I want to go back. Today is Wednesday, January 24th. Yesterday, we saw the president pro tem of the Senate strip the conservative leaders, um, four of them, Bill Eigel, Rick Bratton, Denny Hoskins, and Andrew Koenig, all had chairmanships of committees. Uh, Rick had a couple of vice chair positions. Senator Bratton had a couple of vice chair positions. And um, in retaliation to punish them, basically, um, for the strategy that they were using last week, the president pro tem stripped them of their committee chair positions. Um, and in fact, I don't know if this applies to all of them, but Senator Hoskins was actually just kicked off the committee altogether the Appropriations Committee, I believe. And um, and not only that, but he actually even took away their parking spaces. That's like how petty, um, how petty it is right now. And um, so I want to go back and talk about why this happened, what was going on in the Capitol last week. Um, and I may not get all of the days exactly correct, but um, one of the first things that our new Freedom Caucus did, and our Freedom Caucus right now consists of Senator Eigel, Senator Bratton, uh, Senator Carter, Senator Hoskins, Senator Koenig, and Schroer. There are six of them who really became so frustrated over the course um, of last session that uh, they just didn't see any other way to really move conservative issues unless they banded together and worked together as a team. You really have a difficult time um, getting anything accomplished on your own um, with uh, just because of the way Senate functions and the rules. You really need you really need help. You have to work with other people. And the wonderful thing about the Senate is um, they are supposed to have 
more equal opportunity. Um, the senators are supposed to be equal. Even the leadership, what we would call leadership, they're elected to these positions of president pro tem and majority floor leader, not so that they can control things, but really just so that they can uh, preserve the decorum, make sure that things are functioning the way that they should. They are not supposed to be the one who are actually dictating the priorities um, of the things that happen. They're not, that's not, that was not the original intent. But over the years, and especially since term limits have been put in place, um, Senate leadership has become more and more like the House leadership. And the House leadership is a very much more top-down structure where the leadership, even though it's not supposed to be happening over there either, um, in truth, that wasn't designed that way, but that's what's happened. And because of term limits and because a lot of these senators were in the House first, um, it's kind of just moved over. That mentality has moved over into the Senate over the years. And um, so that's what we have seen playing out. And um, so last year, the conservatives um, had a very difficult time getting any conservative things passed. And actually, I um, have a list. I've actually been writing a resource book. It's up over 150 pages now, almost finished and ready to be published. So shortly that will be coming out and you can see for yourself the bills that were passed, who carried them, who got credit for them, and, you know, how things actually went down. The truth is the stuff that they're doing, the stuff they're passing, I believe 95% of it, maybe 99% of it, is bad. Um, I don't, I support very little of what they're actually doing. Um, it is not conservative. It is not uh, supportive of the Republican platform in most cases. And sometimes it's downright Democrat, just uh, so moderate, you could almost call it liberal. In fact, the Democrat um, senators are actually getting more done than the conservatives are. So, um, and I say conservatives, I'm using that really loosely because what the Republican Party has turned into is sort of a mishmash of Democrats who truly are Democrats, but they can't win on a Democrat ticket, so they come and run on the Republican ticket. And then you got another group of Republicans who maybe aren't truly Democrats, but they aren't um, they aren't fiscally conservative um, or really, they may be a little bit socially conservative, but uh, they're not, and they're not really in support of the Republican platform as it's written. Um, and they're just taking a lot of money from, from um, big business. So they're more interested in keeping their positions, keeping their power, passing the things that they want so they get credit for it, all that self-serving business. Um, so at any rate, last year, the conservatives were very frustrated and over the interim, they decided to band together and opt in to be part of this national organization called the Freedom Caucus. And um, they did that so they could hopefully work together and get some conservative things done. One of the questions a lot of people ask is why in the world, with Missouri having a Republican supermajority, why aren't we seeing really Republican things being done like maybe you see in Florida or maybe you see, um, you know, with Christy um, Nome? And the answer is because a lot of these Republicans, they just aren't voting Republican. In fact, you'll see if you um, grab a copy of my book when it comes out, and I actually posted it already on social media, but the voting charts um, of the final votes of the bills that actually passed last session... 
80% of the time, the Democrats and the Republicans are voting together. Uh, so what we have is actually a uniparty 80% of the time. And, and um, you know, with our culture being the way that it is today, that's, that's concerning to me. I would think that it's probably concerning to you. So over the interim, we had a group of about six senators decide that they would work together this year um, under the banner of the Freedom Caucus. And so that's what's happening. One of the things we saw last year in um, all of the reading, and I know I've told you this before, but we, my team of people, um, my friend, my, my group of, of bandits uh, read through all of the bills after they were passed so that we'd actually know what they actually did. And so many of them were omnibus bills. They all basically had, they may have had a couple of good things in them, but they were also filled with junk that's harmful, that's actually harming and infringing on freedom in Missouri. But, you know, our feeling was, hey, you know, I don't even think they read these bills. The way that things happen so quickly at the end, the, just the way the process unfolds, it's really not any different. Then when you hear um, in D.C., you know, they're complaining about having these huge bills that they don't have time to read. This is the same thing that's happening in Jefferson City. They're combining all of these things together. Um, Senator Brown, Senator Justin Brown, had one bill. It started out with one subject. It ended up with 43 different subjects. And uh, they weren't related. It was an absolutely an unconstitutional bill. It should never have been passed the way it was. And um, that, that's how they get everybody to vote yes. They put a little bit of something in it for everyone. And so everybody can vote yes because they're getting something they want. And in the process, we are the ones who pay the price for that. So uh, one of the things at the beginning of this session they tried to do was to create or change the Senate rules to allow for more time for those things to be read. And um, they didn't want to do it. They, the, the vote was, I think, um, seven, I think we had seven yes votes. And that would have been the Freedom Caucus members plus Senator Moon, I would think. Um, I'm not looking at that right now, but I think we had seven yes votes. The rest of them voted no. They didn't want the extra time to read. Now, strategically, uh, you know, that that can work against you in some ways. But generally speaking, giving somebody more time to read the legislation is not a bad idea. And um, what they were told is, well, listen, you have the power already to stand and speak whenever you want to. You can slow this process down. It's already within your rights, within the rules. Uh, so I'll tell you, I've seen it myself with my own eyes. I have seen Cindy O'Loughlin literally tell people to sit down. Um, you know, it's sometimes you can actually, from the gallery, you can actually hear them when they're on the floor, even if they're not talking into their microphone. You definitely can see the way they're behaving, their body language when they point and when they do things. Um, you know, it's not hidden that she doesn't want people, that leadership doesn't want people standing, pushing back, asking questions, taking up time. Uh, many, many, many times last session uh, when she wanted to go home, she wanted to stop things. She would literally interrupt a senator, oftentimes it was Senator Moon, um, to adjourn. And an, a motion to adjourn always has to be well taken. But, um, you know, interrupting a senator in that way, it definitely is questionable whether she was breaking the rules or not. And um, even if it wasn't a technical break of the rules, it just doesn't really follow. They're really big on Senate tradition. 
and, you know, respectful decorum and all of that. So she was being really disrespectful of Senator Moon, you know, when she would do that. I've literally seen her tell people to sit down. So even though that's the case, this session, when they were trying to get more time to read, um, you know, they were being told, like, listen, you already have the ability to stand up and slow this thing down anytime you want to. So just do what you can already do. So, okay, that's fine. I actually uh, talked about that, I think, in the last podcast or maybe the one before that I considered that a win even though we lost the vote. So great. So we're going to stand up. We're going to use the rules as they've been written, use the rules um, to the best of our ability to strategize and, um, you know, get our priorities accomplished. Well, one of the rules that we already have, one of the powers that every senator already has, one of the powers that the Senate already has, it's within the rules already written, is to create a committee of the whole. Now, that means the Senate floor, all of the Senate, all of the senators, all 34 senators would actually become a committee and they could hear a bill in that committee instead of sending it to a smaller committee like the elections committee or health and families or the education committee. They can make themselves be a huge committee and they can, they, when that happens, if they were to do it, they would write their own rules as to how the committee would function. They could hear testimony. They could set it up just exactly like a committee functions. Nobody has to be left out. The public doesn't have to be left out. They would be in control of that. This is something they have the power to do, but they don't do it. So, um, you know, when it got brought up by the conservatives last week, I think on Thursday, that um, they wanted to offer up this motion to create a committee of the whole so that they could deal with initiative petition reform. And I've probably talked about it here before, but I'm going to talk about it again now to just refresh your memory as to what that is and why this is worth the fight and to fight the battle in as many strategic ways as possible. So the Missouri General Assembly has been working on initiative petition for years. They have not ever been able to accomplish it. And because they haven't done it successfully, what we have now is a situation where just last week, an initiative petition, they started gathering signatures on an initiative petition that would actually change our Missouri Constitution. So you need to understand that this has to do with the changing of our state constitution. And there's actually a group of people, there were several uh, petitions filed, but they are now already starting to collect signatures on some specific ballot language that would enshrine full-term abortion into our constitution. Not only just full-term abortion, but it would also um, give immunity to any doctor who performs an abortion. So that means that if you're a woman who had an abortion and something went wrong or there was some sort of, um, you know, neglect or, or um, malpractice, you could not sue the practitioner. There, was, there would be no way to hold the doctor accountable for mistakes. Um, it has other things in the language as well. Um, but those are the things that really stand out big to me. However, um, I will post more information about that because it's really horrendous. In fact, um, 
you know, years ago, there was a Dr. Gosnell from, I think, Pennsylvania. He was actually put in prison because he was doing, performing these horrific abortions and um, partial birth type abortions and um, doing so many horrible things. That would actually be legal in Missouri if this passes. If they collect enough signatures, which they probably will because they're the left, the left is pouring millions, multiple millions of dollars into this effort. They're paying signature gatherers um, to collect signatures and um, it's millions of dollars that's being paid out. It probably will find its way onto the ballot and that will be left for Missouri voters to decide on and all that is required right now to change our state constitution is a simple majority vote, 50% plus one vote. Well, with the demographics being what they are in the state of Missouri, that means that the urban areas, St. Louis, Kansas City, um, Springfield, maybe a little bit Springfield could be included in that, um, but primarily St. Louis and Kansas City, uh, because of demographics and population distribution, it will be those cities who make the determination. There are enough voters in just those two areas that would make the determination that would change the constitution for the entire state. What we wanna see happen is we wanna see more of a uh, system in place where everybody has, everybody, every different type of demographic has a representation in the changing of the constitution. That's called concurrent majority. We have a concurrent majority system in the way we elect our president. Um, you know, oftentimes it's very misunderstood and, and it, our government has talked about like we are a straight democracy and that's not true. We are not just a straight up democracy. We're a democratic republic. And that means that even the minorities have a voice. Even the minorities have representation in the vote. So we want to see concurrent majority put in place as it pertains to the amending of our state constitution. The state constitution should be basically pretty small. The United States constitution is just a teeny little, teeny little thing. Uh, where you wanna get into details is in your state statutes, but the, the foundational framework is what the constitution is designed to be. It's not designed to, to have all the details. Abortion doesn't even belong in the constitution at all. Neither does marijuana. But because of the way things are handled with the Missouri Constitution, those type of things happen. Um, so that's what's on, on the table in Missouri. We're talking about full term, late full term, even, even possibly partial birth abortions um, in a situation where any healthcare provider, I'm talking about dentists, I'm talking about anybody who has any kind of a healthcare license would be able to perform an abortion up to the age of viability of the fetus. So for many months, for many, many weeks, like what is that, 25, 26, 27 weeks now, um, and possibly it could even be deemed to be full term because in some situations um, they would say that full, even the later pregnancies aren't viable um, based on certain diagnoses, but um, definitely up to that 25, 26, 27 week mark, you could actually have a dentist performing abortion in Missouri if this passes. Then from that point all the way to full term, it will be legal 
for a doctor to perform abortion, even if and based on the fact that there's some sort of emotional trauma happening with the patient, with the pregnant person. They don't even call it a pregnant woman, of course, because now apparently we have men who can be pregnant. So the language actually says the pregnant person. So that's what is on the table here in Missouri. It is not just a small thing. It is not just another conservative issue. We are talking about the conservative issue. It's always been the Republican issue. It's life. And um, this IP language is so grotesque. It is so horrible that truly we should see our state legislators trying to move heaven on earth to get this taken care of. I can't imagine, I get so just worked up about it. I can't imagine why, why would any legislator in the state of Missouri not be doing everything they can to get this taken care of and to do it right now? Well, you know what? I'll tell you why, because there's a lot of money in abortion. And unfortunately, the truth is, a lot of our Republicans are actually taking money from supporters of abortion from supporters of Washington University from Washington University itself. Washington University is the only place in the state of Missouri that trains abortion doctors and um, that would probably the most premier place that would love to have a full-blown abortion clinic. They're the ones who were pushing back on the SAFE Act and um, fighting to be able to transition our kids medically. Washington University is horribly liberal. It is, I would never send one of my children to Washington University ever. Um, so unfortunately, the powers that be behind Washington University and the money uh, that is behind Washington University, the people who are on the board there, the alum of Washington University, there's a lot of money flowing. And there was a brand new pack created in 2022 called Right Path Pack. Well, that's not the only pack uh, working on this issue, of course, but that is one of the premier, that is one of the big ones. So let me just um, go through, I've looked up uh, the Missouri Ethics Commission reports, and so I have them right in front of me, and um, I've got three of them pulled up. I have the latest report from January of 24, I've got uh, the October 23 and the July 23 reports pulled up. And I just want to run through some names with you here to uh, just let you know exactly where some of the money is going. This is definitely not all of it. There's a lot more in other places, but this is just one of the larger sources. So let's talk about um, the people who are actually taking money from Right Path, who is a Washington University PAC and um, definitely a supporter of abortion. So they don't want the initiative petition to be changed. They like it the way it is because they want to change the con the uh, constitution. So I'm going to start, um, let's see, let me find the July report. Here it is, July 11th, 2023. And um, I'm going to just run through a list of a few uh, contributions that they made. That one was a pretty small report, actually. Um, they've invested a lot of money, several, several hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is a pack that raised over $2 million within a 48-hour period of time when it first opened. So, um, okay, let's move on to the October. Is this the October one? 
yes, October of 23. So as we get closer to the elections, um, we're going to see a lot more money moving around in here, flowing out of this Right Path Pack into our candidates' uh, packs and our candidates' campaign funds. Um, so let's see here. Uh, ben Brown for Missouri, unfortunately. I wish, I, I wish this wasn't on here, but it is. Uh, ben Brown for Missouri, $2,400 um in on that october report um bb freedom fund which uh, most likely is also ben brown's pack another twenty five hundred dollars so that's about five grand um which is not a whole lot but um but it's it's something brad chris from missouri a thousand dollars elaine gannon senator elaine Ga gannon citizens for elaine gannon two thousand citizens for jeff meyer Conservative Solutions for Missouri PAC. So we need to like keep an eye on this one because um, so you've got one PAC, the Right Path PAC, pushing money into another PAC called Conservative Solutions for Missouri. That one is $2,500. Um, and so because they're moving money from PAC to PAC, it's hard to track. And um, it's basically money laundering, truthfully. Um, ben Keithley. Curtis Trent, Senator Curtis Trent, who says he's one of the biggest conservatives in the state Senate, but he's taking money from Right Path. Mary Elizabeth Coleman, $2,400. Uh, Friends of Nick Schroer, $2,400. Nick Schroer is even on the Freedom Caucus, uh, $2,400 though. Gladius Pack. Um, now, Gladius Pack is a big one, and again, that's another pack, and they'll be pushing money out into other places as well. So, I mean, if you were going to do a deep dive into this, you'd want to look at Gladius Pack. There's a $10,000 contribution to Gladius Pack. Houseman for Missouri, Hicks for Missouri, JB Pack. Now that's Justin Brown, Senator Justin Brown's pack. $2,500 um, on that report right there. Um, Applebaum, she's a Democrat. Matisson for Missouri, $1,000. O'Donnell for Missouri. Team Justin Brown, there's another $2,500. So on this one report, Justin Brown has gotten $5,000. Um, Justin Brown's name actually comes up uh, pretty often in the Right Path records, um, but that is the October report. Then in January, they are starting to push more money out. The January report is a little longer, of course, because we've got elections coming up in 24, so now they're really going to start, start moving some money around. So in the January report, which would have been contributions made the last quarter of 2023, we've got Alex Riley for state rep. He's um, unfortunately a Republican in Springfield, $2,000. Benny Cook, uh, Chad Perkins, they're both representatives. Crystal Quaid's a Democrat. She got $2,500. Gretchen Bangert's Democrat. Um, Bosley is a Democrat um, in the House. Citizens for Murphy, he's a House rep, supposed to be Republican. Committee to elect Aaron McMullen, $2,400. Aaron McMullen's running for the state Senate. Um, over a Roundly Summit, and he's taking Right Path money. Uh, Bob Bromley, Cameron Bunting Parker, David Evans, unfortunately, from Howe County. Uh, Clemens, Doug Clemens, elect Hawks, committee to elect Hawks. Now, Hawks is running for Senate against Senator Rick Bratton. Elect um, the House, Hawks, H O U X. Um, out of Warrensburg, he's um, on here for $2,400. John Black, $1,000. Carrie Engel, Robert Sauls, they're both Democrats. 
conservative leadership of the Ozarks. Now, this one's interesting because this is a $10,000 donation, and I believe that this is Carla Esslinger's pack. Senator Esslinger is, um, is now appointed to lead DESE um, as of July. Um, but here in the last quarter of 23, she happily took a check from Wright Path, who's a supporter of Washington University and abortion, and so it'll be interesting now to see where this money goes from conservative leadership of the Ozark because she is no longer running for Senate. Um, Travis Smith is running for Senate in that district as well as Brad Hudson. So Brad Hudson would definitely be my pick um, over there, but it'll be interesting to see what um, Esslinger's people are going to do with uh, this money now. Deal for Missouri, Dirk Deaton for Missouri, Sherry Gallick. Emily Weber, Fogel, Chris Dinkins. Chris Dinkins is running for Senate um, over in the Cape Girardeau area. So she's taking money. Uh, ben Keithley again, Lane Roberts, Melanie Stennett, Mike Bernsketter. So Mike Bernsketter is a senator. He's my senator actually from the 6th District, $2,500. Rusty Black, senator from the Northwest. And um, Gladius, again, so Gladius now, um, he, they were on the last report, remember? But this report in January is $40,000. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where Gladius is putting their money. J.B. Pack, that's Senator Justin Brown again. There's uh, two donations that amount to $30,000 here on this report. Casey Neighbors for Progress. Kingdom Leadership Pack, 5000 uh, Lincoln Pack. So this is Lincoln Huff. Senator Lincoln Huff is a total on this report of $40,000. Uh, Luke DeMeyer, Senator Luke DeMeyer, $2,500. Uh, Missouri Alliance Pack. Bishop Davidson, $1,000. Brenda Shields, $1,000. Missouri Six Pack. That's, my, that's Mike Burnsketter again. So that's Burnsketter's Pack and Missouri Six, six Pack has he already had um, just his campaign account, so 2400 that's the limit. And then to Missouri Six Pack, there's another $30,000. So on this one report, Senator Bernsketter has taken in um, $30,000 to the pack and 2400 to his uh, campaign. Here's Ozark Gateway Leadership Pack, that's five grand. Uh, Roberts, Ben Baker, 2000 Ben Baker, and that's unfortunate. Ben Baker is. In the House, he is a Republican. Everybody assumes he's conservative, but he's taking money from the abortion supporters. True North Pack. Uh, anyway, there's a couple more. They're smaller, but the point is that there is a lot of money flowing on this abortion issue, and I have just given you names from three different reports, not even all of them, and not even all the PACs. So you need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to where these senators are aligning. So where do you see Justin Brown aligning? Where do you see Lincoln Huff aligning? Where do you see uh, Burnsgetter aligning? Are they aligning with Rowden? Are they aligning uh, with leadership? Uh, probably if I dug into Rowden's MEC reports, I believe we would see um, money and um, coming in from those places. So... Unfortunately, these people call themselves Republicans, but we are talking about the same thing that we see on the federal level in Washington. We're talking about the GOP. We're talking about the good old boys who um, love their elected positions. They love their campaign accounts. They love the money that's flowing in. 
And if you are okay with the status quo, and if you are okay with things as they've already been done, if you like what's happening in our culture, then maybe this is all okay, but it's not okay with me. I don't like it. I, I just see um, such a decline um, away from the values, the biblical foundation of where this nation started of what Missouri has always been. I believe that the majority of us in Missouri are still aligned with those values. And yet what we see happening in our public policy is a degradation of those values because of all of the money that's flowing. And right now we have a group of conservatives who are standing up, trying to push back, and you know what? The GOP doesn't like it. So they're throwing little fits and they're removing people from their committee positions and they're taking away parking spaces like maybe a middle, like maybe what you would do in middle school. Um, so that's, that's what, what I believe is happening. Um, now, are a lot of these people running for statewide office? Yes. Is Senator Igle running for office? Yes. He's running for governor. Um, but you know what? Caleb Browning is running for Secretary of State, along with Denny Hoskins. So they are all getting headlines. It is not just one side or the other. This is this drama is creating headlines for all of them. But at the root of it is, or for me, what I feel like is the bottom line is you have the ability to move legislation at a pace where it could be done like next week. We could have this IP reform, a concurrent majority bill passed out of the Senate by in the next 10 days. Are they doing it? No. Why not? Who's not doing it? Why is it not happening? Why are, why are, why are the GOP, why are they not willing to use the power that they've been given in the rules? The Freedom Caucus did not break one rule. They haven't broken one rule. They have only used the power that was given to them um, in the constitution and the Senate rules. And yet we don't see the GOP, the moderates, the, I don't want to call them, call them rhinos on here, but I'm just saying, I don't know, you know, some people call them gaga Republicans. They go along to get along. I think that's definitely probably accurate. I think that's definitely accurate. Um, but what we, it's just, it's ridiculous what's happening. Last week on the Senate floor, when the, the conservatives were filibustering, we had a majority floor leader who was literally looking at Senator um, Eigel and called him a narcissist on the floor. And I believe I, I need to find the, the clip to go back and get the recording, but um, she called him a terrorist, a terrorist. So what we have happening right here in Jefferson City, it's the same type of gaslighting. It's the same type of thing that is happening um, in regard to January 6th, in regard to President Trump and his campaign. Now, I don't, I'm not one that just says that President Trump is a knight in shining armor, but what I am telling you is that here in Missouri, the same thing is happening. So the narrative that the GOP wants to put out is that 
our conservatives are being such obstructionists and it's their fault there's not being anything done. But I can tell you from personal experience because I read, we read and we went through all the bills that they passed last year. I spent all day yesterday in committees listening to things that they're trying to do and the things that the GOP is trying to do is horrendous. It's horrendous. I sat in an education hearing yesterday and literally watched as the committee took a vote on whether or not, now you need to hang on to your seats, on whether or not law enforcement and DFS should be notified when a parent does not agree to change the name of their child to another gender. There were two amendments uh, that... Senator Razor and um, Senator Beck, they're Democrats, wanted to add on to a parents' rights bill. They said that we should be noted that the school should be notifying DFS and law enforcement because a child in that situation, if their parent would not agree to change their name, that child is potentially homeless. That was the first amendment. And then Senator Beck offered an amendment to the amendment that not only that added to the homeless part and said that that child, we wouldn't be notifying, notifying law enforcement and DFS that that child is being abused. So you would think, okay, no problem. We have a Republican majority on that committee. This should not be a big deal. We have three Democrats on a committee. And so we shouldn't have to worry. But the vote on those amendments was five to four because one of our Republicans, and I really like her. I like her to talk to her. I think she's a nice person. It breaks my heart that she's voted the wrong, that she's voting the wrong way. But Senator Gannon voted with the Democrats on those two amendments. We only won that vote by one vote. It was five to four. So folks, even though you have a Republican majority, I promise you they're not doing the things that are actually happening in there. They're not Republican things. They're not. And that's what the GOP leadership wants for you to believe that everything's fine. They're doing these great things. No, they're not. They're coming after your children. They're coming after your freedom. They're coming after our families. There is a committee hearing going on right now. I should probably be there, but I have, the other people I know are there. There is a Republican, Jamie Gragg, has written a bill, and inside this bill, it says that doctors would have the ability to remove a child from their home. And that if there were three strikes against a particular family that those children would be put up for adoption. It's a short bill. It's not hard to understand. I promise you that's what it says. And it's in a committee hearing right now. Now, first of all, we had a Republican that filed the bill. And second of all, we've got a Republican who agreed to bring up the bill in the committee. So there's, you would assume you would assume <laughs> that parents' rights would be first and foremost and that we wouldn't um, be just accused, like we wouldn't be convicting parents of abuse before there was actually 
um, you know, that where's the burden of proof? And now you're going to give doctors the ability to remove a child from a home? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. This is, this has gotten so far because believers, because citizens, because the average bear in Missouri has trusted that everything is fine. And I promise you, everything is not fine. It is time to wake up. It is time to use your voice. It is time to get active. It's time to understand who you're voting for. It's time to do the research that you need to do to take the responsibility that you need to take. It is your duty as a Christian to defend biblical values in our public policy. This is affecting your children, their futures, I mean, that's not even the taxes. That's not, we're not even talking about your bank account. It is time to wake up. Wake up. And the only people that I see on the inside who are actually fighting against the status quo Republican politics are the conservatives. Most of them are part of this new Freedom Caucus. Not all of them, but most of them. And now everybody in the Freedom Caucus isn't perfect. Nick Schroer happens to be in the Freedom Caucus. He took that money from Right Path. So he needs to be held accountable for the decisions that he's making and what he's doing. And we need to pay attention. Just because they're in the Freedom Caucus also doesn't mean they get a free pass. But it is time to wake up and get involved and start using your voice. Do we walk in fear? No, because we know who's ultimately in control. We know who holds tomorrow. But let me tell you, it is also in scripture that when you do not tend to and take care of the blessings and uh, the gifts that God has given you, it does not go well for those people. It's the parable of the talents. It's three times in the New Testament. And if you haven't read it lately, you need to go back and read it. And remember what happens to that one guy who buries the talent that he has. He gets cast out. There's a scripture in the 21st chapter of Revelation that talks about cowards and what happens to cowards. They get lumped together with all of the other sinners, the cowards who are afraid. So church, it is time to stand up. If you believe scripture... If you believe is that God is who he says he is. If you are sitting down, not taking action, not using your voice, and you don't even know who to vote for, or you don't vote, even worse, you are part of the problem. The failure of our society, of this culture across the board, including the failure of our government, it lies on the backs of the church period. This problem that we're in, it is the responsibility and it is the fault of a failed church. So it is time to do what's necessary to learn what you got to learn and to take the actions that you need to take. And if you, we don't do it very quickly, we're going to have a situation come November in Missouri where we're, it's going to be not only in statute, it will be in our Constitution, enshrined in our Constitution, 
that murdering babies is okay. Full-term partial birth abortions. And that the practitioners who are performing those have no responsibility, no legal liability whatsoever. If that's what you want, then stay silent. If it's not, I suggest that you rise up and you get behind the Freedom Caucus right now. And you start supporting and encouraging the actions that they're trying to take to move this issue forward. I think that's probably enough. This longest podcast that I've ever done. But there's a lot going on. Stay tuned. I'm really, really trying to get things out as quickly as I can. There's a lot going on. Um, long days in the Capitol. And still a family to take care of here on the on the Widhelm home front. So um, pay attention. Be sure you subscribe. And um, I'll be back soon. Thanks. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.